time I love having a flare-up of what, what I think are old tendonitis issues, so trying to scroll slash type less this week and keep it brief. But oh man, the sky has been so blue these past few days. A respite, a respite, a respite from the endlessly gray Amsterdamian winter we've talked about. Since basically every day in recent memory has been the opposite, I'm not sure I trust this new good weather. So during said respite, I've been biking whenever I can, like a good Disney character living in a Dutch simulation. And that is how I learned that the entire city of Amsterdam is flowering right now. I mean, I mean it. Especially, especially if you have the extreme good fortune of living near Vondelpark. Which, which I do. Life is the best sometimes. sometimes. On one of my bikes home in the Dutch simulation, I decided that rather than take my usual route, I would do a full loop around the old V-Park. At the time, I was listening to a song on the album that used to be called Where Do You Fit? I've since changed it to Somewhere Over Kansas because, like a true album written by a Jewess, there were just... Too many songs with question mark titles. I kept, I kept a few, by the way. My, my definition, definition of too many would have been four of the 13 songs. Now it's three. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I had Somewhere Over Kansas blaring in the headphones. When the album comes out, I'll tell you more about it because I don't want to be annoying and use a whole bunch of tendonitis type words to tell you about a song you can't yet hear. But for now, to paint a brief picture, it centers around a repetition of the lyric, Where Do You Fit? The melody is pretty fabulous, if I may say so myself, and the track is drenched in V-pretty cello parts that I wrote. We ended up keeping the Spitfire audio samples rather than having cellists record them. Wild that an audio library can sound that good. And Bender made them sound absurdly cool. So I'm biking, making sure I still like the mix on Somewhere Over Kansas, FKA Where Do You Fit? It's a comically beautiful day in the simulation. And I'm thinking, it doesn't really get better than this. And then I look to my right, and guess what? It does get better in the form of a sea of crocuses. Do you know what a crocus is, by the way? Those perfect little cutie purple flowers that signify spring? I'm not sure if they grow everywhere, but I can now say for sure they show up in New York and they show up in Amsterdam. And they signify almost always that the dark times are waning. Growing up, the crocus was absolute magic. First the purple, then Passover, and then it's beach time, baby. My dad still sends me a photo of the first one every year. Speaking of, here's 2022's first New York crocus, captured by Michael. Man, that cutie purple hits my nostalgia at its absolute height. But this time I had to pull the bike over, because I've never seen so many in one place. Death by flower nostalgia, a blanket of purple that just took my breath away. The iPhone does it absolutely no justice, but hey, you know I love you, so I tried anyway. <laughs> Magnificent. To top off the simulation, there was a crew of supremely adorable kids from a nature day camp selling their handmade trinkets by the crocuses. I think it was to benefit the woods or something? Honestly, they could have been raising money for anything, my honey baby. You know I pulled over and bought so many of their things. Here's a download of my Instagram story to show you my cutie haul. It's, it's too much. much. It's too much. The day camp instructor was big on the kids practicing their English with me. This wasn't a challenge because Holland's population is alarmingly good at English, so the Dutch kids' English was better than most American people's. But they had an adorably difficult time trying to explain my favorite thing I bought, which are those little wooden pendant necklaces. According to the instructor and the Bobies, the character on those wooden pendants is some sort of nature leprechaun? A magical protector of trees? Hard to say. But one of the kids got, finally got frustrated and yelled, You know who he is, okay? The forest man with the triangle hat! So there you have it. He is the forest man with the triangle hat. Yes, I absolutely could Google him and give you and me more clarity, but I prefer to not and just go with the Bobby's definition of him. Sigh. 
It's been that kind of week. Humanity, flowers, tendonitis, iPhones, etc. I know, iPhones don't quite fit in that sentence, but they and the whole screen-based universe have been top of mind because I watched The Social Dilemma again with Jose last night. Have, have you seen, seen it yet? I wrote to you about it a while back after watching it on a plane. It wrecked me then. It kind of did this time too, but I feel a lot better about it on the second watch. The documentary involves a fuck-ton of former engineers from the top social media companies more or less admitting to messing with our brains and lives like creepy, profit-driven marionette operators. They are the good kind of former profit-driven marionette operators, though, and have realized that this is really bad for just about everything on Earth. (laughs) They give valuable, essential information. Be Be brave. brave. I don't don't know how how they're they're not not getting getting sued. And some suggestions for how to move forward. The first time I watched it, I just felt flabbergasted. It put so many issues I had into perspective. It explained the soul-crushing frustration I've felt at watching friends, relatives, and acquaintances start fervently believing and spewing ideas that felt absolutely ridiculous and foreign to me. Wherever you stand, you might know what I mean. Over the past decade, I've watched people I care about become increasingly racist, conspiracy-driven, and polarized. Each time I speak to them, I leave deflated, feeling there's no point because they seem to live in an entirely different universe than me. Spoiler alert! They do! It's a different screen world, and they feel the same about me! It explained the very cause of this tendonitis, plaguing my poor currently stiff forearm. Put in perspective, the angst, paranoia, and loss of time I experience as someone with addictive tendencies, no less, when it comes to those little screens. Spoiler alert! This is by design, and if you can imagine, oh no, it is somehow much worse than you think! And it explained the past few years so well. The way that I, by defense, have made my world so small. Spoiler alert! This was kind of the right choice. The first time I watched it, I was crestfallen. I could see how much of my life I had lost to this shit, and I was sleepy and sad thinking about it. This time around, though, I felt empowered. Want to know why? Because of this, my love. Because on November 15, 2020, I decided that all this was nonsense. I posted a picture of my softa and thought there has to be a better way to connect and talk to people than Instagram. There just has to be. I made this newsletter and you all subscribed. And over time, I've gained many, many, many more members of my little family. In the year and a half since, this here tea talk has become a really fabulous safe space for me. I'm so grateful you're here. Do you know what this means? After watching that harrowing documentary, this means you are very special. Very, very special. Because you have read and or listened to this entire fucking thing. And that is so, so, so cool. Thanks for bucking the system with me, one tendonitis word at a time. To that end, if you do follow me over on the hellscape that is Instagram, you know that this week I made something magnificent. Girl, if I didn't do my very best work this week. That, my frond, is a strawberry lemon basil pie. And if you're thinking, that sounds interesting, you are correct, because I made that shit up. Yes, I bucked my exclusive devotion to Petey's pie recipes this week, and I went full-on jazz improv pie. I made it for my Bobby Tay-Tay, who we have spoken about a few times on these here tea talks. She is one of the very few people I know who drains 0% of my energy and who I could talk to for hours on end. And she is also the greatest lady on earth. Last week, I learned that the greatest lady on earth actually prefers fresh and sweet desserts. She didn't say it in a cutting way or anything because she's the greatest lady on earth. I was just trying to figure out what birthday cake to make her. But my exploration led me to realize that the weekly Shabbat pies I've been making have not been exactly what my queen might like to consume. So I got to work. I thought about flavors. Perhaps a pineapple pie? Passion fruit? I landed on strawberries and basil, thinking about spring and the pretty crocuses of the week. But I am me, after all, so I wasn't going to go into my first jazz pie blind. 
I went into true Tali hyperfocus, watching about 20 videos on the chemistry of strawberries, debating on different starches, crossing my fingers, and finally getting to work. In the end, I came up with the below, and like I promised, I'm including the recipe as a PS. Sidebar, writing this recipe was enormously hard. I have new respect, respect for cookbook, cookbook writers. So I'm making a play. If you are considering using this recipe and read these every week, might I ask you to become a paid subscriber? If you're already an email subscriber, you can convert by clicking the below button, adding your email, and choosing a monthly subscription amount of $5 a month. Either way, no pressure, and happy pie making. If you're a baker, there's more to this tea talk below. If not, I love you a lot. More next week.